I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Nation. Welcome to the Cuse Nation podcast. I am Sean alongside TJ. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Welcome once again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We had uh, North Florida, the win over North Florida. We got Jim Beheim to 990. Asterisk. Asterisk, yeah. Um, so not only that, but um, remember I said last week, uh, I said I made something in reference to um, North Florida only scoring 70 points, and, and it was a big joke, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, they scored 71. <laughs> so once again, our defense still struggles. Um, before we get into that, um, something I saw today real quick, um, I've never felt so bad for a kangaroo in my life, but, um, there's a viral video going around where this dude punches a kangaroo to protect his dog. TJ, you saw it. Yeah. The kangaroo was like stunned. The kangaroo was like, <laughs> kangaroo looked like he was about the T-Rex arm that dude. <laughs> yeah. He like took a step and he was like. What just happened? Yeah, you know, you would think you could drop a kangaroo like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, they have no, no way. They have no freaking wingspan, dude. They're like little little T Rex arms. Yeah. Anyway. Did you know? Did you know? Actually, a little fun fact: if you pick up a kangaroo's tail off the ground, it can't stand up. What is it? Just fall on his face? I guess so, or on its butt. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So if you get a chance to check that out. Um, prayers for the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroo lives matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right, into the North Florida game. Um, this was another game where, you know, it is so clear that the, they just need a, a, a lot of work. I think it's a lot of work on defense. Yeah. Now, Syracuse is notorious for playing down to their um, opponent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just something we as Syracuse fans, we just kind of deal with it. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Every week. Right? <laughs> they, play, they play down to people, and then they play up to people. 
Yeah, so they played to the competition. Either way, you're right. Uh, so they don't always play down. You're right, because sometimes they do have to play up, you know, and that's, that's you know, they haven't gotten really, really blown out bad, except for these couple, like, you know, they kind of got their butts handed to them, those two games in a row. But um, we got a win. We got some momentum. It was at home. Yeah. Um, and now uh, tonight we're going to face UConn, the Madison Square Garden. Um, another thing that um, seems to be a reoccurring theme with the Syracuse Orangemen this year is the points in the paint allowing you mean against yeah well yeah but allowing north florida with 26 points in the paint um to their 12 so more than double um now uh now andrew white was just on fire on fire dude seven threes i think he went seven for 15 um the team went eight for 15 well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right? I have 13 of 24. You have 13 of 24. Okay. You're yeah, right. You're Andrew right. White My bad. 7 of 13. Huh? Andrew White went 7 of 13. Right. Okay. 7 of 13. Okay. All right. And that was what? 54%. Right? Is that what you yep. got? Yep. Um, and so coming into the UConn game... Um, we are three point. We actually went down. I think we're six. We're eighth now. Um, but you know, that's still, those are still big numbers and, and hitting 54% as a team. That's really good. Um, but they're breaking the, the, the zone is collapsing way too easy and people are figuring this out. And with this team specifically that, you know, a certain number of passes and then all hell breaks loose. And yeah, you know yeah, what I'm they saying? Get, they get all like rambunctious and everyone gets out of position. It's like, it's like when I coach my kids team and you know, five guys swarm to the one guy with the ball on defense. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously I'm exaggerating, but you They're know, all ball watching. Oh, totally. And then, you know, you get two guys on one guy is a double team and stuff. And the other thing too is, I mean, North Florida was nailing threes. North Florida went, um, oh, well. Yeah, 11 of 39. Yeah, they took a lot. Well, I didn't realize they took that many. So what was their percentage? 28.2. 28.2, okay. So not but that, hey, not that ta- great. You take a lot of shots, you're bound to hit a, a couple. <laughs> yeah, but think about it, though, that they only lost by six, and they took 39 threes. Jeez. Um, but so, I mean, you know, it was kind of like the same thing we, except for we won the defense is breaking down way too easy. They're scoring way too many points in the paint and we're not scoring any points in the paint, but I will say, um, as we only got 12 from, from North Florida, we scored 12 points in the paint. Um, I will say though, um, um, Tyus battle, he got his first career start on Saturday over Roberson and he did score um what what did he score T total 19 points yeah okay all right so he scored 18 more points than Tyler Roberson in two games in two games <laughs> yeah so good move there coach Jim Beheim said it wasn't even a decision um basically complete common sense put Tyus Battle in um you know Roberson is struggling and you know, he actually scored coming off the bench. 
He scored yeah, one, one point, point. <laughs> in and, eleven and guess, minutes. Guess guess how many guess how many bench points we had? One. One. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tyus Battle was a big move, and then um, the uh, coach Beheim moved Leiden from small forward to power forwards, and said something about even putting him in as center. Um, another notable um, in the last two games is Frank Howard's double, double, double. That st- that has not happened since um, Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah. and I, I love Frank Howard. I love him, too. I love him, too. Um, you know, he came, he was really, really quiet last year. He would nail a couple threes. He would get hot. He got streaky a couple times last year. Um, and you knew he was going to be good. And the thing about the thing about Frank Howard is that it, it, he he seems like a four year player. Yeah, which, absolutely. Sarah- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed, leveraging over one hundred forty million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Cuse needs more four-year players. Now, if um, Biden continues down the same road he's been these past few games he'll be a four-year player too yeah (laughs) so uh he he only scored nine points against um who was that who was our last loss um south carolina yeah or no wisconsin wasn't it oh wisconsin you're right and he only scored six points against north florida so um you know he continues to struggle a little bit don't know if that move's paying off really um, because, you know, maybe he's feeding the ball a little better or something. But, um, you know, uh, Coleman found his jump shot, which, I mean, he missed a couple. But, I mean, when do you see a big guy take a, you know, 14, 15 footer? I mean, yeah. Or an eight footer, which is quite possibly harder. <laughs> yeah. You know what no, I mean? It, For a big guy. Like thing that. I, yeah, no. And, and another thing I saw from Coleman was he wasn't dribbling under the basket when he got a rebound. He pump fake or bring it up or just bring it up. Yeah, you got to go right up with it. Big guy yeah. like that can't be dribbling. You know, you look like a fool up there like that dribbling. What a moron. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I'm I I see good things coming from Coleman. Um, from here on out, he's improved. He's improved. Oh. I, I in you know I think in the first podcast I said uh, he kind of plateaued, but hey, I'll eat crow when I need to eat crow. I'll eat crow. So, uh, you know, I think he's improved. Um, I mean, wouldn't you say he proved, improved? Yeah, absolutely. If he keeps playing like that, totally, right? Yeah. Um, so, now the one thing, um, looking ahead to UConn, um, as we will do the same thing we did in the first podcast, and that is to give you the breakdown, and then we'll be back in the same podcast to review the game. Um, UConn has, um, some key injuries. I think two of their starters are out, um, shallow the bench and Syracuse needs to take advantage of that. And by, by that, the biggest thing in my opinion is they need to control the pace of the game and that pace needs to be up tempo. You need to wear these guys out. Their bench isn't that deep, wear them out. Get them tired, run the run the floor, and just you know don't be stupid on offense. Obviously, taking dumb shots like they've been pretty much doing almost all year, but um, you know, tighten up the defense and um, wear these guys out. They ain't that deep. Yeah, so. and also take advantage of the rebounds because Syracuse is not a strong rebounding team. But looking at the stats compared to one another, we need to take advantage of it. Yeah, let's see. They're ranked. Uh, UConn is ranked 196 in total rebounds. Syracuse is 83rd, and I believe that's up. So, and you know, Syracuse is turning over the ball more, um, but they're both they're tied for block shots, which as far yeah, as defense goes, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, there's probably a bunch of people tied, but points scored too. They're they're 300th. UConn is in points scored. So right. there's no reason we shouldn't hold them to 60 points. It shouldn't be that big of a deal to do that. So uh, looking ahead, I mean, keep up the pace. You say rebound, rebound, rebound. And I agree with all that. Um, so you have anything else? You have anything else for right now or until we... Uh, um, I just hope this game feels like an old Big East game. Oh, I want that Big East feel. I, I know, and I saw um, Eric Devendorf walking, tie. He's on the coaching staff now, yeah. wearing a tie. And um, everybody, well, we know Eric Devendorf. Syracuse fans know Devendorf for the most, the most vastly, virally celebrated missed <laughs> three in all no, of no, NCAA. He made well, it. he made it, but it was after, but the, it was buzzer. after the buzzer. Correct. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And personally, I love Eric Devendorf. Yeah, you got to love the energy. I mean, yeah, you got to love the energy. You got to love the attitude. A lot of people don't like him. Uh, I think he was wrongly accused of smacking a woman or some crap like that and never went anywhere. So, um, right? Wasn't that the deal? Um, he, get, he got in trouble for something like that. Um, anyway. That is it. We will be back after the UConn game for um, some of that analysis and a little more. See you in a bit. Radio Magic. All right. Well, um, that was a devastating loss to UConn just now. Looks like Syracuse has got a case of the Mondays because yeah. 
They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn tonight. It was absolutely ridiculous. Their offense was awful. The offense was awful. And the only reason they held UConn to 52 points is because their offense was awful, too. The whole thing was awful. Yeah. Everything about that game offense was awful. Two people. What? There, as in Connecticut's offense only came from two people. Purvis oh. had 21. Adams had 16. Well, I think, think Daywan like, Coleman stepped up. He stepped up. What did? Well, how many rebounds did Daywan Coleman have? He had uh, 15 rebounds. And 15 rebounds, and he had 10 points, yeah. which is not bad. He scored the second most on the team behind Andrew White. Once again, Andrew White scores 26 points um, during North Florida. Comes out, scores only 14 tonight. Um, you know, poor offensive performance, period. Yeah. It was John Gillen, awful. no points. Gillen, Gillen, no points off the bench. We had 22% from behind the arc which is not going to get it done. It was sloppy. The passes were sloppy. The offense was sloppy. The rebounding was sloppy. There wasn't nothing pretty about that anywhere. I didn't they see anything. They couldn't hit contested layups. They uh, couldn't. I mean, they're depending on the three too much, and they're taking bad shots early in the shot clock. There was a point at the – well, let's just start at the beginning real quick. Um, there was a – there was a point in the beginning where they went almost six minutes and both teams had a combined total of seven points. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't from good defense. It was from just terrible offense. Yeah. Finally, I predicted something right though. Um, we held them under 60. <laughs> yeah. Problem is they scored 52 and they won. So yeah, that's Syracuse has got some Issues, boy. They need to get fixed, and they need to get fixed quick before we get into ACC play, uh, where Notre Dame sits atop. Number twenty-three, Notre Dame sits atop ACC at eight and zero. Um, strength of schedule, not so much with Notre Dame. Um, you know, Duke's going to take that over once ACC play starts. Duke's going to take that over. They're eight and one. They lost to the Jayhawks. They're on a six-game win streak right now. North Carolina's hot. They're eight and one. They did lose, but they're back. Um, they're on a one-game winning streak. And Louisville is is good, you know. So and Louisville lost a close game. Now yeah. when we when we get into AC right now, we are where 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 the hell are we? One, two, three, four. We're like fourteenth. It's Syracuse, Boston College, and Georgia Tech at the bottom of the ACC. Okay? At five and three, we are going to be, actually, if if either one of those teams wins, they'll probably go ahead of us because we'd have more losses. You know? And we haven't, we have not beat a competitive team yet this year. At five and three to start out in the first eight games of the season, is sad. It's a huge disappointment to the to the um you know what we what we expected from this team coming in. This was the team coming in 2 years ago that we've waited for. We waited for this team for 2 years. Yeah. yeah. And then we got it in what? 
telling you, they can fix it, but it ain't looking good. What do you got from the first half, TJ? They were just taking bad shots way too early in the shot clock. They just were settling, just settling for outside shots. They were, and let's see, and they, and they did. They shot how many threes did they shoot up? Twenty-seven. Six for twenty-seven. That is that is something else. Um, to to I mean, well, they weren't much better. Uh, seven for twenty-four for twenty-nine percent from behind the arc, and they hit them when they needed to. Um, UConn did, and, you know. Ain't, there's nothing worse than watching a bunch of little UConn puke fans in yeah. the stands cheering. You know, oh, I know. Don't I you just want to dump a beer on them? Yeah. I mean, and not to mention this is the second game that was a neutral site in the state of New York. Yeah, where you would think we'd have show up. home field advantage. And you got those little pukes in the stands uh, pulling on their jerseys. Yeah. Like there's something, you know, sitting at, what are they sitting at? Four and four? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there was a there was a um, a moment in the second half when Syracuse settled for a, a bad outside shot when they could have very easily have drove, drove to the hoop and maybe got a foul or hoped to have gotten a foul. And um, they took a quick, like you said, they just were not, you know, and I know the game was winding down, um, but they, they had taken a quick outside shot instead of just driving to the rim and at least getting the foul. You want to score when the, when the time's running down like that. I mean, you know, I'm not an expert at this, you know, but I know when the time is running down, you want to be able to score without the clock running. And the best way to do that is to drive to the basket and get a foul. No, they're I think sh- that's the only way. <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely one way because it's probably the only way. Because you can't score during a timeout. <laughs> that's right. So um, they're settling. And, and not only did they settle for um, a quick shot, but it was a three. And it was a long three. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at Tyler Lydon. Um, once again... Tyler Lydon uh, coming away with seven points. So the past three games, we've got um, nine, six, and seven. And I guess the good news and the bad news of that is um, he, he's not dropping them. He's not dropping them. And I think four of those were free throws. Right? Today, yeah. yeah. Okay, so four of his seven points were free throws, and he hit a three. Yeah. I mean... We need more production out of our best player, in my opinion. Tyler Lydon is the leader of that team, and he is not doing it. No. And if He's you have rebounds, but that doesn't score any points. He only got nine rebounds. Yeah, I know, but I mean, still. I know. Well, Daywan Col- dude, Daywan Coleman had a better game. He had almost double a better game than Tyler Lydon did. Yeah. Tyler Lydon is the, supposed to be the leader of that team. Um, he should not be coming out of any of these games with less than 15 points. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. You, know, you got Daywan Coleman playing his heart out, this guy. I mean, he's having some of his best play the past couple games. 15 yeah, rebounds is huge. That's huge. Yeah, he had a double-double. 
Frank well, Howard's double double stops his streak. Yeah, stops. It did. It did. He had a double double double. And I, I love. I love him driving to the hoop though. He's gotten so good at that. That quick first step. Yeah, but the, he's just not knocking them down. Contested, or, uh, contested layups. He's just not knocking them down. He's not knocking them down. And when he gets goes gets to go to the line, you know he's at like you know you're lucky if he hits one. Remember the old days of the the, the, the you know the, I say the old days because he's been on the team for ten years. Uh, Daywan Coleman like <laughs> when when Daywan Coleman goes to the line, or he really has line. been there for ten years. Daywan Coleman. Yeah, but he's improved though. No, he, he has. He's improved. Tyra Lydon needs to step up. Tyra Lydon needs to step up and take control of the team. It's his team. He needs to lead the team. If not, someone else is going to. And maybe oh, yeah. it's Daywan Coleman. I mean, <laughs> kind of kind of strange having the center be, you know, the leader of the team. But as far as seniority goes, he's got it. Andrew White could step up. You know, Andrew White had another 14 points today. Um, and this is not a good UConn team. This is not a good UConn team. So, in my opinion, there was just no defense needed in this game because the offenses were so bad. And I'm sorry to be negative. I really am. It's early in the season. I think they can get it fixed. I know they'll get it fixed. But you got to be honest with yourself because the defense wasn't needed because both teams were so bad at shooting the ball. (laughs) <laughs> it was awful and it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was. And now we got another coming up. That's all I got on that. That's all I can handle on that. <laughs> what do you think? What you got anything else on that? Nope, I don't care to add anything to it. Let's just All right. Well, <laughs> looking ahead to Boston U as if this is a big deal, you know, but knowing Syracuse it probably will be a big deal. We'll probably yeah, we'll probably all be sh- shaking so so much with nervousness, spilling our bat blues all over ourselves, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, dropping nice and easy pizza. But um, let's see here. Um, is this them right here? Let me see. Yeah, Boston. You score a lot of points, actually. I mean, compared to Syracuse, I guess. Well, points <laughs> scored were 244th or 138th. Um, so their field goal percentage, um, not bad. Free throws, good. Three-point percentage, awful. I'm sure um, at this rate, they'll find some way to nail them behind the arc. Um, you know, our, our percentage was eighth coming into this game against UConn, and it's going to slide a little bit. Not that it's going to slide horribly, but I mean, you know, 22%, that's, that's kind of a kick in the oranges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a kick. <laughs> so, um, the turnovers, how many turnovers did we have that game? What was our, um, turnover, assisted turnover ratio? You got mm. that? I'm not sure what the ratio was, but we had 13 turnovers. And they had so how many? 11? They had uh, 12 turnovers. All right, they had 12. Yeah, it was a lot of just sloppy play. It was a lot of sloppy play. Um, Boston U, just a quick note. They're on a three-game slide right now. They lost against St. Peter's. They actually lost against UConn. And they also lost against NC State. Uh, UConn being a crap team. We should have never lost against UConn. 
that sucks. Um, and NC State, you know, semi decent, uh, marginal at best, probably. But uh, UConn, not that good. And that was. But they did. They did only lose by two points to UConn. Oh, I didn't know that made a difference. Well, <laughs> we <laughs> lost to them by two points. So. And the score, 51-49, the score was 52-50. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> this might be a closer game than we want it to be. Here, Look, we went over this episode one of the Q's Nation podcast, and it goes like this. Ball goes into the hoop to score points. Okay? <laughs> they accumulate. There's a break in the middle, get a drink of water, come back out, do it again, add all the points up at the end of the game, and whoever has the most wins. This isn't golf. See, that? I think that's where they're getting confused. It's the most points that wins. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a YouTube video that they can watch. The thing is that kills me, TJ, is that this team is talented. Well, so, on paper. <laughs> but no, no, they are, though. They, are, they really are. They are. I really do believe it. This team has got the most – we have the most talent on this team than we have had since the McNamara days, man. Johnny Flynn, J- uh, Jerry Mack, Eric Devendorf. It's been since then. Yeah. You know, the year we won the championship, Carmelo Anthony. You know, it's been since those days we've had this much talent. Look at last year. Last year, well, who do we have last year? When you, you got Bricklayer. <laughs> you got, <laughs> he got, uh, uh, you know, um, what was his name? My boy. Rick Lager too. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I keep wanting to say Ro- Robertson. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, um, Malachi. Richardson. Yeah, Richardson. <laughs> Not Robertson. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, in Heat, dude, he was close. yeah, I know, I know, but... You know, you had Benajay and you had Richardson. And you had, you know, a little bit of a little bit of Leiden. Leiden is not playing as good this year as I feel like he was playing last year. No. Um, so there's a there's a chemistry issue on offense, and there's a chemistry issue on defense. We didn't get to see a whole lot of that tonight because the percentage um, was just awful. So field goal percentage for the orange was 30.8. And um, for, or excuse me, for the orange was um, 25.9, called 30, or called 26. And, and the um, Huskies was 30.8. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, we can talk to her blue in the face how to fix it. We know how to fix it. You have to score points. And they are they're getting challenged by teams that really, you know, they should be blown. They should have blown. They should have blown you kind of out of the water. And yeah. I mean, you hold a team to fifty two points. That's got to be a win. Looking at the, I mean, look at all the points we scored early in the season. Just because when we were we weren't playing quality teams, doesn't mean that we can't hit shots. I don't feel know? that UConn right now is a quality team. No. I don't feel like they should be, you know, labeled. They're not a quality team. They're very much mediocre. Yeah. If that. So, anyway, looking ahead, 
Um, we did that. Boston U. It shouldn't be even a... It should be a blip on the radar in another scrimmage uh, playing a bunch of scrubs. And maybe that's not what we need to be doing. I think we need to get into uh, conference play. We struggled last year in conference play. We barely clawed our way into the into the tournament. Uh, we lost the first round of the ACC tournament last year, and we made it to the Final Four. So you know, heads up. <laughs> sorry if I <laughs> sorry if I dragged that one into the gutter, but you know, I'm doing we're doing this right after the fact. So I guess looking ahead at the schedule, um, TJ. Yeah. That's a Saturday. That's yeah. this Saturday. So I'm thinking that might be the next podcast. I mean, it might be a quick one, but it might right. be the next podcast. Um so we can do we can do because our following our next games the following Saturday. So we go a week. So the next two games we'll have um we looked ahead coming into the next podcast, we're just going to go ahead and and come in um, after the game is played, in both cases, um, we have, um, let's see here, real quick. After um, Boston University, which I never knew existed, we have Georgetown the following Saturday. So those will be our two next podcasts, and then um, we'll just go from there. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast for TJ I am Sean. We are out. We will see you next, this coming Saturday, after the BU game. Later.